Welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast of the California MBA, featuring one-on-one -on -one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and I'm very happy that you could join us today. Before we get to today's guest, I'd like to thank our Connect podcast sponsor, Incelerate. Thanks, Susan, and thanks for listening. This is Josh Wren, CEO and founder of Incelerate. We're grateful for our partnership with the CMBA and are committed as a company to help lenders close more loans. We do this with our customer experience platform that has a CRM, lead management, marketing, automation, robust content library, desktop and mobile applications. We do this to help you engage and stay connected to your current borrowers, referral partners, past borrowers, and potential new ones. If you want to find out why we're the fastest growing CRM provider in the mortgage industry, please reach out to us and ask for a demo. Okay, thanks, Josh. And now I'd like to turn to today's guest, uh, also a member of my board of directors. Uh, welcome to Cody Sharforis with Slack Capital. Thanks, Susan. Awesome to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, happy to uh, happy to have you here. Um, you and I have known each other for a few years now, um, both before you joined the board and, of course, working in our leadership now. But I always uh, like to start out with asking people how they got into the mortgage industry. It's usually an interesting story. Says Nobody grew up wanting to or thinking they were going to be in the mortgage business, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any family in real estate generally or in mortgages. Um, I started in the business through my best friend. Um, he and I were college roommates, and um, he actually started with Slat Capital um, as an analyst, and he has a background in real estate, and, and that's a you know a deeper story for another time, but. Uh, I saw he was successful and loved the people he was working with, and I was ready for a change. I was actually in the film industry for over a decade, and I decided uh, to ask him, hey, is there any opportunity over there? And he didn't know if there was or not, but I met with Michael in our LA office, and we just hit it off, and I joined them. It's been now almost a decade over here, so uh, it's been a great ride. Wow, that's good. Uh, that's an interesting segue, the film industry <laughs> from this too. Um, you know, one thing that, and this is, you know, predates your, I think, involvement in the, or in the industry as well, but I know one thing the industry's always been looking for is ways to increase diversity. Um, can you talk with us a little bit about how SLAT Capital is attracting young or diverse mortgage professionals into the industry? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I think um, the segue is good because I was their first junior hire that did not have any direct experience. The standard mode was always uh, you start as an analyst, you work for a number of years, three, four, five years, and then start to work and start to become more of a producer and get on the more of a take on more of a production origination role. Uh, I was the first employee that they hired right in as an associate production um, role and they I did not ever start as an analyst and that worked out fairly well for them um, definitely very well for me and because of that experience and I think um, a real attitude by our management that the mortgage industry needs uh, to have younger more diverse folks 
uh, that they've made a concerted effort to seek out those kind of people to join the firm. And I think what it started out with was that uh, attitude and it's continued to pay dividends in really big ways because not only are we bringing on you know, more women, uh, more folks from diverse backgrounds, you know, not necessarily just high net worth individuals that have, um, have a real estate background forever. Um, and what we're seeing is our client base uh, is also shifting. It's been a really positive development and to the point where you know, it started out as a concerted effort, now it's the main focus of our company. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's impressive, and and definitely needed uh, needed in the industry. I can remember having these conversations yeah, a couple of decades ago when I first had this job, thinking, oh "My gosh, how do we, you know, how do we encourage that?" And I'm just I'm so grateful to see so much, you know, an added diversity in into the mortgage, uh, the real estate finance industry at this point. So 2022 um, is definitely a, it's a tough market uh, for real estate. What asset classes do you see faring better than others in this market? Yeah, it's the same story as actually was, was happening last year, um, that the asset classes in multifamily and industrial are doing better than you know, the retail and the office space for the reasons that many of our viewers will understand and know. Um, office being you know, a question mark, exactly what's going to happen when people do return to their offices, if they do, or you know, if a hybrid work from home model is the uh, future going forward. And we've got some longer term leases that have not yet uh, rolled over since the pandemic experience. And then retail. Retail has always been a little challenging with the online um, shifting of services. Um, yeah. Although uh, we're still doing a lot of all of those asset classes. We're still doing a lot of office financing. We're still doing a lot of retail financing. Hotels really? was a challenging place post pandemic because nobody knew quite uh, how those they were going to fare. Um, but the truth is, there's actually a fairly healthy appetite for financing of hotels. Um, and last year we had a record year from an originations perspective because rates were so good and the market was doing quite well. Um, and we've seen some slowdowns and um, uh, new originations are definitely down, but at the same time, Q1 and Q2 of our pipeline were actually ahead of where they were this, that, those Q1 and Q2 of last year. Our Q3 pipeline is incredibly healthy. Um, every single deal is more challenging. It's we're earning our stripes a lot more as intermediaries, um, but it's actually not nearly as bad as, as a lot of people think it is. I think on the residential side of the business, it's a lot worse than yeah. it is on the commercial well, side. We that's, feel that's for sure. Yeah, and that just question mark of the pandemic that just caused you know, all of real estate finance. What is going to happen? Uh, how are businesses going to how are they going to come back? And that you know now we're we're kind of seeing the the results of that. How would you how would you say Slab differentiates itself from competitors? Yeah, I mean one of the main focuses is um, being a middle market space. We concentrate on smaller loans than our direct a lot of our direct competitors. So our average loan size is between three and five million dollars. And when you do that, means we do a lot of transactions. And when you do a lot of transactions. The main thing you have to do is you have either have to throw a lot of people at it or you have to throw a lot of technology 
or both. And so what we've done uh, to differentiate ourselves is, is to really invest in our people, invest in our systems um, to allow us to be effective and efficient when doing a lot of transactions, but then also uh, invest heavily in technology too. Yeah, that is uh, that is nothing else I wanted to ask you about because I know you're you are one of the people on the commercial lending side that has an appreciation uh, of technology. There just seems to be a lot of technology solutions kind of taking off in the CRE space. What would you you know what what are your thoughts on kind of the adapt adapting the industry adapting to the use of technology it, yeah technology in commercial real estate finance but generally in commercial real estate has been very slow to adopt and there's some structural reasons for that that i think are um going to be longer term and it's going to take longer than uh, in some other or industries even in the residential side um, for example it's very difficult to record a, uh, a set of documents at a county recorder's office because each of the counties has a completely different way of doing it. And right. um, you know the title companies have to do it in different ways and adapt. And so there's a certain degree to which some of this um, can't necessarily be solved without a lot of other stakeholders um, taking ownership in, in you know, the knowledge of that it needs to uh, change and adapt, um, or that it's there's a better way. On our side, what we've really tried to con, um, invest in is uh, information sharing. So mm -hmm. we have a custom database that we have developed um, over many years, um, and it continues every week to get stronger, um, that all of our originators and our servicing folks can access every single loan comp that we have gathered over uh, those many years. Um, and we've got hundreds and hundreds of new comps. These are loan quotes, these are updates to loan programs, et cetera, that everybody can access in real time. So when I'm out there talking with new borrowers and they wanna know what's happening in uh, the markets, I have real-time information I can tap into on a, you know, a location, specific basis on an asset class basis even down to the tenant itself um, you know if i have a borrower that's going to be buying a net lease property that you know they're considering cvs versus walgreens i can tell them exactly what the market is saying for those two tenants and whether there's a difference on how the financing is going to be structured whether there's a difference on uh, whether valuations are coming back from appraisers we have a tremendous amount of information at our fingertips, and that makes me as an originator a lot more effective in getting our clients the best financing options possible. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, represent the association representing both, of course, residential and commercial lenders, you know, because residentials, you know, consumer direct, their use of technology has always been ahead, but it is remarkable to me how many technology solutions are popping up in the CRE space now. And in fact, we have a, a panel on technology coming up at our Western States Craft Conference here in just a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, I know you're going to be speaking uh, on uh, um, a couple of sessions um, at Western States Craft. Um, not the least of which is um, having a fireside chat with our keynote speaker, Nolan Bushnell, who, in addition to being an incredible futurist and entrepreneur, 
is uh, the founder of Atari, which I think is fascinating. We'll have some fun Atari game consoles there in the networking lounge to make it fun. But you want to give us maybe a little sneak preview of what you might be talking with him about? Yeah, I'm incredibly excited and honored to be able to sit down with Nolan Bushnell. He's a legend in Silicon Valley and in the video game industry more generally. Um, he essentially created the video game industry um, yeah. among a couple of the other uh, folks that he worked with at Atari and other places. Um, but certainly the the man is considered by many to be a visionary, to be someone who uh, can see trends and see through some of the fluff, but also see the real core of what is the, our, our future world is going to look like for better and for worse. And so what I'm uh, excited to hear from Nolan is his thoughts on where um, the world is gonna be, but uh, generally, but also bring it down to how uh, individuals will use the world, will use real estate and um, get a sense from him what our industry on the real estate finance side really should be prepared for, both on the technology front, but just generally uh, getting a download from a visionary like him on how uh, real estate will change. Right, right. And just that adaptation of technology across the board and how that you know, relates to how people are going to be coming to work and, you know, their, you know, home life and things. It'll, it'll be fascinating. I'm, I'm excited to be hearing from him too. So I uh, can't believe that Western States CREP is just a short time away. Of course, um, conference that has been around for 25 years and was started by your founder, by Barry Slatt. So look forward to seeing you in Vegas in a couple of weeks. Um, Cody, I also, I kind of wanted to round it out with, uh, you know, I'd mentioned at the top of our interview that, you know, you're a member of our leadership, member of our board of directors. Can you share with uh, our listeners why you feel it's important for the CRE industry to support the California MBA? So I think there's a number of reasons, um, obviously from we all need to be in together to understand and advocate for ourselves and what the industry uh, is doing. Yet from an understanding perspective, we collaborate on what tools from technology should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, what would be helpful, what they wouldn't be helpful. It's a lot easier to have those discussions as a group, as an industry, than it is on an individual basis. Um, but I think the advocacy portion is probably the most important thing for me. It's the one I didn't understand until I really became a board member and um, really got active there. Um, the way California goes, often so goes the rest of the country thereafter. And so for better and for worse, California is at the bleeding edge of some of the major issues that affect our industry politically and otherwise. And um, as a consequence, the CMBA is often at that bleeding edge, the cutting edge of being able to provide input to help steer lawmakers to make the right decisions, both for all of the folks that our industry affects, but obviously for ourselves as well. And so having a direct voice in that through the CMBA, I think is by far the most crucial portion of what we do. And I'm, I'm proud of that, um, of that collaboration. And I'm, that's what motivates me to stay involved. Thank you. Yeah, advocacy is definitely the cornerstone of our association. And boy, our, our state legislature keeps us busy, that's for sure. <laughs> 
to say the least, to say the least. Well, Cody, thank you so much for being uh, a part of the Connect podcast. And uh, thank to all of you for joining us today. Um, to access any of our episodes of Connect, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next time on Connect. <laughs>